0: you are listening to the simple living made simple podcast my name is stephanie and i'm a wife mother of four and the creator of the blog simple living made simple formerly winging it on the homestead i am far from an expert but i am learning and growing and figuring the simple living self-sufficiency thing out as i go I love to help encourage modern mothers to incorporate simple living and self-sufficiency skills and knowledge into their busy lives. Join me this season as I interview homesteading experts on a variety of timely and important topics and share with you my appreciation for creating a homemade and homegrown life through gardening, food preservation, cooking from scratch, making your own products, all while keeping it all practical, intentional, and realistic. In this episode, I got to talk with Brandy from the Mother Hen Homestead over on Instagram. On her Instagram, she shares all kinds of things homesteading. She shares stuff about chickens and homemaking and from scratch cooking and making her own products. And I brought her on today specifically to talk about chicken care. I know that a lot of people want to get started with their
1: own flocks this year, and I brought her on to pick her brain about how
0: to get started doing that, the care and maintenance of chickens, how to keep them happy in the winter, how to keep them producing, what to do with the eggs, all things chickens. So if you are interested in having chickens this year, this is the episode for you. Brandy
1: is a wife, a mother, a homesteader, and a professional photographer, and I'm so excited to have her on today. So I hope this episode is helpful, and let's get started. Hey guys, welcome back to the Simple Living Made Simple podcast. I am really excited today because I am here with Brandy from the Motherhead Homestead, and we are talking today about chickens. Um, I know a lot of people want to get started with chickens this year with the price of eggs. So I'm so excited to have Brandy here to share her expertise. So hi, Brandy. Thank you so much for joining me.
2: Hi, thank you for having me. It is something that is coming, becoming more and more popular, and I am loving it, and I'm here for it. And I could talk chickens for hours, so this is perfect.
1: <laughs> All right, sounds good. Uh, so can you tell me a little bit about yourself and your home, your homestead, your business, why you chose this
2: lifestyle? Sure. I am a wife and a mother to two beautiful children. Um, We are homesteading on a one acre of land with a full garden and our birds. Um, We have chickens. We raise turkeys and meat birds. Um, We are homeschoolers as of next year, although we homeschooled in the past. We are hunters, fishermen, and simple living folk that enjoys getting back to our roots as much as we can.
1: That's awesome. So you got a lot going on. Sounds
2: like a lot going on,
1: (laughs) and it sounds like you you said you were on an acre. So like an acre is Mm -hmm. you know you can definitely do a lot with an acre, but it's also not like a tremendous amount of space. Like we only have two acres, so um, but you can do so much with that space. And
2: and people don't think that they can, which is always shocking to me. And I will say that having the acre and it depending on how it's laid out, right? It depends where you live and all of that, the neighbors, all of that comes into play um, with an acre Um, where we live. We do live in a rural area, um, but our house is long. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So we have a ranch and it's very long. So it kind of takes up certain space. We have like some on the side here, some on the side there. Mm -hmm. um, And then our backyard area. So I hopefully in the future would love to move and I'm I'm hoping to more three to five acres, but yes, there is so much you can do on one acre and people don't understand that.
1: Yeah, I definitely agree. Um, and I found you through um, Instagram because I just, I follow you on Instagram. You have a ton of different content, like you cover different areas of homesteading, which I really enjoy. Um, but I brought you on to talk about chickens today. And so can you tell me a little bit about your chicken journey and where you kind of started and where you're at
2: today with that. Sure. So we we started out with a little rental coop and, and chickens. And believe it or not, those exist. Um, I, I was very new when we moved in here about five, six years ago. Um, I was like, instantly, chicken coop will go there. I'm doing it here. Like, let's go. And immediately, and I was like, but where do I start? Where do I begin? How do I start? Where do I get chickens from? And they have this little rental that I I loved. And so I, I just for those that don't know what they're getting into and mm-hmm. what to expect, it's a great way to go about it. Um, one thing led um to the other and we ended up with chickens, ducks raising our own meat, birds, and all sorts yeah. of stuff.
1: That's awesome. So you have do you house the chickens and the ducks together? So I've heard that they can like they can be mean to each other I don't know if that's true or not I want to do ducks but I have heard that they can like not get along necessarily is that something you found or
2: um the only thing that I have found is if you're having ducks with hens is that if you have a male duck so a drake and you don't have enough hens for him his own duck female mm-hmm. ducks yeah um he will try to go after the chickens <laughs> which yeah it hasn't been an issue for us. Um, he has, you know, certain times of the year, he gets more hyped up. So he'll go after the hens and stuff, but they're much faster than ducks. They can jump. They can yeah. we have roosting poles. Like it's not been a problem. So yeah, we, we've had, we actually raised them from babies together and, and it has never yeah. been a problem for us.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I'm definitely interested in adding some ducks. I haven't mm-hmm. looked too much into it though. So we'll see do you now you um eat the eggs or what do you do like yep so
2: i didn't know uh one of them was going to be a male you know um the the females they lay the eggs and duck eggs are actually more nutritious than chicken eggs and they're much larger um so and they they lay just as just as many as the chicken so it's been a great mixture of both that's
1: really cool um, so I'm sure you've seen like a lot of people interested in getting chickens this year with like the high cost of eggs and all that kind of stuff. Um, what would you say? Like, and I've heard even people just saying, I just want to start with, with six, which I found that most places won't let you buy less than six per se. You know, I went in, I had, um, I have, I have like 14 now. I still, I'm kind of addicted. So I want to keep adding, but, um, uh, I had, I started with eight and then i had i added six and i was really just going to add another two or three and then i found out that they wouldn't let me buy less than six at a time so even if they just want to start with six um what would their first couple months look like if they get chicks this spring could you kind of walk us through through that yeah
2: so my setup and how i do things um is i have 15 chicks coming in um in spring and in, in mid April. So what I do is I set up a dog crate actually, because you do not need to buy all these fancy things yeah. that it's not needed. A dog crate works, a tote, a large tote works. I've done that in the past. Yeah. So I set my dog crate. Um, I put large pine shavings down. So some cardboard and large pine shavings, because mm-hmm. chicks will tend to want to eat those small yeah. pieces. So make sure it's mm-hmm. large or straw. Um, I put up a heat lamp in there and I keep them in my garage. I used to keep them in my basement because my kids love them, yeah. <laughs> but uh, we moved into the garage. It's, right. it's
1: more comfortable. I there. understand that. We had them in our <laughs> living room at one point and I was like, they gotta go. As soon as they
2: get this, yes. weather, they gotta go. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. They, my daughter had them in her room for a little bit and she would just like take them out all the time yeah. and play with them. And then you'd hear them chirping at night. It yeah. was so fun and then they start but, to try to fly and it's yeah. like
1: we we'll make it just <laughs> yeah
2: yes yeah so then you take care of the chicks like you normally would and then um they can go outside about eight weeks when they're fully feathered mm-hmm. and depending on the weather so it depends where you live again um yeah. here I usually will bring them if I get them April they will be out by end of May June because it's warm here by then Um, so what I do and I have a separate coop and I recommend everybody have two coops. It doesn't have to be some large coop, but just in case a sick bird, a bird gets sick or hurt, it's so good to have that for an isolation. So I put all of my chicks into my smaller coop, let them get bigger. So you don't want to introduce, um, your chicks to your large layers until they're about the same size. That usually is around four to six months. Right. Um, so then in that time when they are a little bit older, say four to five months, I then take that coop and I put it inside my fenced in area where I have my other chicken coop, the main chicken coop. Mm-hmm. So then they can see each other. They can get acclimated yeah. for about uh, a couple of weeks. It d- really depends. And then I let them out and see how it goes. If okay. they need a couple more weeks, I put them back, but usually they don't cause they see each other. now. You also have to remember that when you do introduce them to the flock, there is a natural pecking order. Mm-hmm. They have to learn that. All birds will learn that. Right. So if you introduce your birds and they kind of peck and chase them out of the feed or water, that's normal. It'll yeah. go away. I still mm-hmm. have some of my layers that didn't grow up with some of the other layers and they kind of like, oh, you're not good enough. Go over <laughs> there. right? <laughs> <of Yeah>. attitude. <laughs> so it's totally normal now if that continues and they're making them bleed and all that stuff that's mm. a different story right. um but then they're big enough and then they go into the normal coop with everybody else right wow that's it sounds or i I
1: know it's a little daunting at first you know and and it but it's really not that difficult to get started no. especially if you're just starting with six if that's what you want to start with it's really manageable um you really just need like a cage or something to contain them for about eight to nine weeks right so you right
2: say? right and it, and it's and it's not and, it, and usually in that time frame too when in spring we got mm-hmm. we have time yeah you know, we have the time it's the summer where we're like oh crap we got a birthday yeah, yeah. party yeah. We got this we got composting but you know all of this stuff. right um but the spring is perfect for for getting chicks and you can actually get chicks throughout the year but spring is the most popular right
1: yeah when we did our first batch we got them I think it was like the very beginning of April like first day of April Mm -hmm. and then yeah we put them like end of May-ish whenever I needed I said they got to go out of Mm -hmm. our living room um they went outside and then I actually this last batch I got in September and that was nice because it was still kind of warm where we're at so I didn't keep them outside like I didn't keep them inside I had like a little coop on my back porch that I had a heating lamp so it worked out that way. So yeah, it, you can do it several times throughout the year, but I, mm-hmm. spring, is, spring is nice. And then they're still, they're, they're laying then. How long do they typically take to lay? Would you say? Um,
2: you can expect them to lay about five to six months. Usually yeah. the six month mark is
0: yeah. when
2: they actually start laying. So that puts us more towards like October when these chicks are actually gonna start producing. hmm but reminder that um, birds, our, our our birds tend to kind of stop laying or really slow their production two to three years of age. Yeah. So you got that short time, so it's perfect to even do chicks every other year. That mm-hmm. way you're kind of filtering them out and in. I mean, I keep I keep my layers that don't lay anymore because yeah, my staff, yeah. They're yeah. kind of freeloaders. But <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, how many chick- chickens do you have at this point? If you're not culling them and you're just adding to them and you have all these old ladies hanging around. How how um, many do you have?
2: I have 10 chickens and two ducks right now. Okay. And I'm adding 15 chickens and I think three more ducks. I think three or four more ducks. Mm-hmm.
1: Wow. Well, that's nice. Now, are you just buying chicks from the store or are you ordering them? Is that how you...
2: So I am like anti-tractor farm <laughs> supply yeah. co. Mm-hmm. I only have ever gotten my chicks and layers and all that stuff, ducks, all that um, from a local farmer okay. who I've been working with. I actually tried to um, buy some layers, you know, six months of, I think they were actually four months. Yeah.
1: Um, and I bought When you say layers, the old... they're already laying, right? That's what you mean when you say layers.
2: Right, right. Yeah. So I actually bought pullets, which is four, yeah. around four months old. Mm-hmm. I bought them from a local Guy that was farming, I don't know. I just had a bunch of chickens and he got was getting rid of them. So I'm like, okay, he's so he's selling them, so he's raising them to sell. Mm -hmm. Well, I got I got six of them, paid over a hundred dollars for them, and they all died of uh, what is that? Um, a very specific disease. I'll have to now think about for a second, right? Uh, Merrick's virus or oh, Merrick's disease, yep. And they all got it, and I was like, darn it there that goes you know so I only stick yeah. to my local farmer it's actually the feed mill right. um that's where I get my feed as well mm-hmm.
1: all right now we're gonna talk about feed in a second but before we get to that um we talked about how well, well like going into winter which we're in right now how do you keep your chickens happy in cold weather like how resilient would you say they actually are in cold weather
2: So most people don't realize that chickens are actually very hearty animals. Mm -hmm. Um, Most people want to supplement heat when they're like, oh my God, I'm cold. They're freezing. They're tiny. (laughs) But that's so not true. Chickens actually can withstand negative 20 degrees. Most of them, Mm -hmm. obviously those tiny little breeds not so much but mm-hmm. most chickens negative 20 degrees now we recently had a negative 14 and then it was negative 26 with wind chill and so what i did is i insulated so we have windows um in the coop i stuffed even like old sweaters just mm-hmm. old sweaters old clothes in there blankets and stuff and mm-hmm. then i also do a deep litter method and that's what i do to keep them warm even though it, they're fine. Right. Um, so deep litter method is essentially almost like a compost in your coop providing heat and warmth. Okay. So mm-hmm. you, you don't clear it out towards the end of summer. So you have that layer of poop and then your pine shavings and then another layer of poop and you just keep going You're and just it does layering on top. You, you okay. just keep layering it on top. And that pre that creates this compost which pre, like creates like a heat and it makes it really okay. warm. In. Mm-hmm. So that's the only thing I will ever do. I am highly against heat lamps and mm-hmm. any light sources in there whatsoever. I have seen way too many accidental fires that way, mm-hmm. burning these chickens alive. And that's just not something I ever that's want amazing. to deal with. Also yeah. the fact that birds, you have to remember that when you get your breed, they all tell you, how many eggs per year they lay. Mm-hmm. So some 200 to 250, 300 really is the top 300. Mm-hmm. So what is what are they doing the rest of the time? You have to remember that they take a natural break for their bodies. So mm-hmm. that natural break of two, three months out of the year or two months or a month or however long their break is depending on how many eggs they lay a year, mm-hmm. they need that for their body to produce the optimal amount of eggs for you. Right. And the the nutrients and the health of the chicken and the bird. Yeah. So I don't do any supplementing light. They take their break. They they deserve it. They deserve their break. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah.
1: I don't do any artificial lighting either. Um, but yeah, they definitely do need that break. And I think that it's just part of the whole seasonality thing that we see with homesteading is that eggs just kind of, tend to be a little bit more seasonal people don't realize that you know
2: and there are ways to get get around that there are so many um I've seen people pickle them oh yeah you mean like preserve for
1: this yeah Mm -hmm.
2: yes there are so many ways to preserve these eggs um and and eggs on the counter like you can take them fresh from the coop and put them on the counter and they'll last Mm -hmm. a couple weeks if you put them in the fridge you're good for a couple yeah like months (laughs) Mm -hmm. so it's nice so say you're you have a stock of eggs right because hopefully you're thinking about this and you're preparing you know for the homestead for the winter so instead of selling xyz amount of your eggs you're actually keeping some for the winter Mm -hmm. so you're keeping those and you're putting them in your fridge knowing that well i only need two months and that they'll last in there or you're preserving them
1: yeah water bath that makes sense Now, can you explain to me or for the, uh, for my, the people listening, what like fresh eggs and washing them and refrigerating them or not washing them? Can you kind of explain how that process goes?
2: Sure. So I do not wash my eggs until I use them. Now, if you're getting really poopy chicken eggs, Mm -hmm. you should check your chicken's vent and maybe clear it out because that's, it shouldn't be like that. These yeah. eggs mostly come out with very minimal yeah. poop on them. And then I stick them right in there and I leave half of them on the counter and then I put half of them in the fridge and then I wash them before I use them. Yeah. And, and that's how I do it. Even when I sell them to like some neighbors or friend, friends and family, right. I don't wash them. Like I, I just don't like you, these are your eggs. This is where they come from. Right. Because when you wash them, what happens is every egg has this thing called a bloom on it. Mm -hmm. And it's almost a natural protector of bacteria. So once you wash that off, you're getting rid of that. Now you're allowing bacteria Mm -hmm. to enter the egg. Yeah. So when you leave them on your counter after they've been washed, there's so much bacteria in the air and in everyday living that you're, you're making bacteria grow on these eggs and that's, we don't want that.
1: Would you say that they're safer than in the fridge? Like once you wash them, they got to go in the fridge. Yeah,
2: absolutely. If you are going to wash them, put them in the fridge and Mm -hmm. then they should, once they're in the fridge, they stay in the fridge, never take them out. And you don't have to worry, like even in the winter or in the summer months when it's warm outside, if you miss a day and they're outside one more day, it's no big deal. These eggs, this is what they do. Yeah. So we don't have to worry about I I've taken a carton of eggs um to a family member right from the coop, literally grabbed them out of the coop, got them, roll. Um, and they were I they were in the car. And I was like, Oh, yeah. hey, I here, let me give me your give you your eggs. This is hours later. Yeah. And they were like, I'm not gonna eat those. They've been in the car the whole time. And I'm like. <laughs> But you don't get it. They're fine. <laughs> they would have been sitting no. out in the in the coop all day. Yeah, right. right. And I still don't know if they threw them away or if they ate <laughs> right. <off.
1: laughs> it's so interesting. I mean, and it's. I mean, before I got into this, I was the same way, of just not really realizing how you know where food comes from, how how it works, you know. But um, now, how do you handle frozen eggs? Because that's kind of something I'm dealing with now, and it's like you know what I mean? When you go out to the coop yeah. and they are frozen, are they like no good? How do you, do you just test them? Cause I've kind of just been testing them before I even eat them um, or tossing them if I really don't know, but
2: yeah. So I, I often do not get frozen eggs. My really? kids My daughter spends like an hour a day out there. She loves the chicken. She gets gets them as soon as they drop. Always, she will be there catching them. (laughs) Like she is. Right. She is the crazy chicken lady, and I'm proud of her. Um, So I don't often have that problem. Mm. Now um, I have a few. Have had a few that have been frozen, and you're like, "Oh crap!" So most of the time, what I do is I'll take it inside. i'll put it in a pan and i'll kind of mush it all up and make it warm and then i give it right back to
1: them yeah that's kind of idea i just chuck it back in there if i really don't you know if if there's any questions but
2: or if i'm super busy i take it and i just chuck it and then i know (laughs) some other animal's going to eat it
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah so you don't even bother with it then at that point No, yeah that makes sense um for those just starting, uh, could you kind of talk about like what free-ranging chickens are, what that means, the benefits of the challenges, how you kind of navigate that with your flock?
2: So uh, we do free-range free our chickens. Now, when you do do that, you have to understand that there can be a loss.
1: Yeah. Sure.
2: With a with homestead, you will have loss. And, and that is part of the process. That is part of respecting the animal so much more. Um, so we let our ch- chickens free range. Now, what we do is we have two dogs. So luckily they don't come up to the house, but we used to have only one dog and he loved the chickens, So it was no big deal. They were never scared of them. So we would have the chickens come up to our house, walk all the way around the house and just destroy any plants we had. Oh yeah. So that's, you know, that's the difference between the ch- chickens and the ducks is ducks don't scratch like chickens do. They mm-hmm. have more what feet. Um, So the chickens, they just destroy any landscaping that you have. So now we have a very large fenced in area um, and we open the gate in the summertime and it's right next to the garden that is also fenced in and gate closed because they will destroy your fence. (laughs) Um, And we just have a nice back area over there that the dogs don't go over. Right. They have like fencing and stuff, so they can't get over there. So we free range and they, they, they have their way around our land. Mm-hmm. They just naturally don't come up to the house because of the dogs. And they naturally usually will stay around that area. Mm-hmm. They don't go very far because they know they're predators. Right. They've been, they've been prey their entire lives. So mm-hmm. they they hear a bird, a hawk noise and they are all running. I'm sure we've all seen it. Yeah. They all just book it and you're like, what's going on? <laughs> So sometimes they'll go like right across my street to my neighbor's yard mm-hmm. and they hide under some pines and that's it. And then so, they come back. That and then they come right back. Yep. Yeah. And remember, they they naturally know the sun setting and everything. Mm-hmm. So they'll come back. I will say that I with free ranging, I have had a few that roost in the trees. Really? And I mean, <laughs> I have I have gotten ladders to try to get them down and, oh and sooner or later you're just like. Well, if you die, you die. Yeah, right. <laughs> I can't be laddering it every night. And yeah. I've had one do that pretty much its whole life and it just stays up there and then it comes uh, down and flies back up. Funny. And I do clip um my one of my chickens wing mm-hmm. because then they can't actually yeah. fly yeah. to yeah, keep them that somewhat in the right area. <laughs> yeah. I don't
1: think I didn't realize that when I first got them too, but chickens can get some lift and can oh lift. yeah all but fly we have gosh i don't even know five five foot fence around ours and they, they've gotten out before flying and yep. i was like, all right i can clip them
2: all <laughs> yep. yep yeah it is interesting like after i clip them and then i see one out i'm like well how the heck did you get out little houdini and yeah. you'll see like they're they're smarter than you think they'll like yeah. use the roosting pole here then they'll jump on the edge and it's just yeah That's
1: they're funny. a hoop.
2: but yeah. <laughs> So you'd say
1: that you free, so I always wonder this too, and this is probably one of the most difficult things I've had with chickens is, um, being able to have them free range without, um, really free ranging them. You know what I mean? Um, we have a pretty big run. I mean, it's definitely sufficient, but they've torn it down, you know, to all but mud and and roots. Mm -hmm. So they're not getting that nice, fresh grass or anything. Um, so I want to free range them into my other areas, but I don't necessarily have the fencing infrastructure in place for that. So that's kind of a struggle I'm trying to work with. Plus like right off, right off of the, um, where the run is, is like our driveway. So then they Mm can go into the driveway. So it's some some things that we have to like navigate through, but um, I have the
2: best solution for you. Have you heard of a grazing box? Like a tractor? So a grazing box is essentially almost like a small garden bed. It's a couple two okay. by fours, some netting on top, and you're good. Make sure it's wire you're mm-hmm. netting because they'll go up there. So what you do yeah. is you build this little box, super easy, with any leftover wood that you might have. Yeah. Um, you put soil in there, and this is in the chicken coop run. You in put the run. soil in there. Uh-huh. And you lay some seeds in there. We've done lettuce. We do carrots. You know, sometimes like their own like their own garden box, their own little garden. And so what happens is the the lettuce or alfalfa seed or whatever you're growing in there, mm-hmm. it comes up through the little um, holes in the graded uh, netting that you used, the metal okay. wire mm-hmm. netting that you used, and so they can't dig at the roots, so nice. it just keeps growing. So so they're just like
1: lawn mowing yep. it
2: off the top. They just keep grazing. So That's brilliant. It the top and keeps I'm going to be doing that. <laughs> yep. Yeah, I, I have one in there now. And this year I'm going to add two more. Wow. So that if there is a day where, okay, we're going to be gone all day. Yeah. And I just don't feel comfortable with them free ranging because we do have predators. Yeah. and We have massive amount of hawks. Then I'll just, I, I feel good that they're getting all that fresh grass or mm-hmm or whatever it is
1: yeah that's brilliant well thank you for that because i will be doing that this this spring <laughs> you're back yeah awesome all right so for people with chickens myself included um we're looking to maybe change from a national brand of food like you had said that you buy all your feed locally um it's and less processed like i'm trying to get away from the national brands and all the process stuff. So what do you feed your chickens? And if I'm looking for like a local feed or maybe I'm looking to make my own, what am I looking for in a quality chicken feed?
2: That is a good question. So right now, and for the years I've had the chickens, I have been feeding an organic premium layer from my local feed mill. Mm-hmm. And This is because when you go to the store, you usually get free range organic eggs, right? Like that's like w- what we want. Right. So when you're not feeding your hens, the organic premium layer feed, you're essentially not getting that quality of egg. Mm-hmm. So what you eat is what you get. So we do the um, organic premium layer, but this year, my goal is to make my own feed. I've seen a lot of different types of recipes, but things like wheat, barley, mm-hmm. corn, um, things like that. We also do give a ton of scraps. Yeah. So I often like pretty much on a daily basis, we'll give them all veggie scraps or fruit scraps, um, especially in the summer and yeah. anything from the garden. And then when you free range too, they're getting all the protein, the grass, the bugs. So mm-hmm. you can limit your feed a great deal now I will say this the the organic premium layer feed or any feed that you're going to do it gets expensive right like it's yeah. it's a lot so what I do is it's called fermenting so I take a scoop of my feed and I put it in a big mason jar and I put it in there and I fill it with water you know you can leave a couple inches on the head and you leave it for a couple of days and it ferments. So it, it, it absorbs all the water and then it is almost like, like an oatmeal, pretty much the oatmeal consistency when you, <laughs> when you cook it. Right. Right. And you bring it out there. Now, not only is this easier for chickens to digest, it's healthier for them and it spreads that amount of feed so much wider. So mm. that one cup, well, when I go dry feed them, it's like three, four cups yeah. to all the birds but -hmm. when you do it like this it 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 expands so much yeah that you can get by with way little
1: and you can just do that with your pellets or your crumbles or whatever it is
2: yep whatever you use you can even do that with your own feed as well if you make it like I've seen people do it with the barley and the corn and all that stuff
1: yeah awesome
2: yeah but I will be um, making my own feed this year and I will be definitely sharing that on my Instagram so yeah
1: I'll be looking for that Okay. That, um, that looks that sounds like something I want to start doing for sure any little place I can start doing things myself I'm gonna
2: all this right. year
1: it's the year to do it um, all right so being a homesteader and being self-sufficient requires a certain level of discipline uh, so can you tell me what what that looks like for you
2: I am a huge notes person. (laughs) I have a ton of notes, notes everywhere, notes on top of notes. Yeah. Um, So I'm a huge notes person and I, I like to do a plan. I like to have a plan. I like to have a plan of, okay, well this month it's, it's starting your seedlings. Then this month it's, okay, we need to start thinking highly about when we get our chicks, where's it going to be set up? Do we have everything we need? Are we going to have to supplement it out or whatever the case is? Did, did the light break? Are the cords fine? Right. Like that, And then just keep going. Now it doesn't have to be all at once. And I think a lot of people procrastinate, which I am a <laughs> huge procrastinator as well. But once you get going on that month to month, even weekly to weekly, mm-hmm. it makes it so much easier to maintain.
1: Yeah. Especially for
2: that. those that work full time. I don't mm-hmm. know how people do it that work full time that that don't schedule this stuff out or that don't use a journal or a planner, right? Because I would go crazy. Yeah. I I would feel like I would miss something because there is so much cleaning out the coop this day, you know, b- making sure we got more feed, got to go this day. Yeah. Making be your own, you know, switching the garden stuff, turning it over, mm-hmm. weeding all this stuff adds up so much so i definitely put it in my notes and schedule specific days and weeks and then monthly things out
1: that makes sense that's a great tip um and i think that just uh, for me this was hard to get a handle on i still i'm still working on uh, perfecting it obviously but um just the seasonality of a homestead or living you know with the seasons basically uh, lends itself to that you know like you don't have to do everything all at once but until you get the hang of that and you understand that it's like cyclical and seasonal it can be overwhelming I think because you naturally people that do this want to do everything want to learn everything yeah. want to do everything at once <laughs> you know
2: that's yeah. why I always suggest starting just starting like everybody's like "Well, oh, I'm gonna wait for this or maybe next year or whatever just yeah. jump in Just jump in, have a small, tiny little garden. It could be three vegetables, but you started, right? It could be, okay, I'm going to add four chickens. Good to go. You're good. Mm -hmm. Just manage that. Maybe you're not doing chicks. Maybe you prefer, I just don't have the time. I just, I'm not sure. How about I just get them layers? Get some layers that's cuts out the whole lot of time and effort. Now you just have straight layers, there are ways to go around it or even household, making your own household products. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody wants to slow down and think about what's going into their food and what's going into their skin and their air and all of this. That's what us homesteaders are. We we are trying mm-hmm. to find ways to be self-sufficient everywhere. Yeah. So sure. my thing was I started making my own soap. Mm-hmm. Well, then it turned into, well, I can make my own skincare. I can make yeah. my own moisturizer. I can make yeah. my own who? My own, my own liquid hand soap. Why the heck not? You know, I just kept going. It was one thing at a time. It was, okay, I'm going to concentrate on sourdough, which is a science in itself. So I was like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to designate this for this Mm -hmm. now. Okay. I'm good at sourdough. Okay. Now what am I going to do? I want to make more bread without the sourdough. How about more yeast bread that I can make in an hour instead of two days? Yeah. So I learned that, you know, and it's just breaking it down one by one, having that goal for yourself, even if it takes you all year, yeah. you, you live on this earth for how many years, 70 plus mm-hmm. you take one year, each thing, and you were going to be a master self sufficienter by the end of it. Mm-hmm. And then you get to pass that down generations and generations. Yeah.
1: yeah. And you're it really is empowering and exciting. I think. Okay. A lot of people just need to get started. So if they're starting with chickens this year, what should they be doing right now? Because this we're recording this like second week of February and it's probably going to be aired in a week or so. So what could they be doing right now? Okay. Start
2: chickens? So right now they should have already made a list of the breeds that they want and sent it to their local farmer. So okay. that's how I do it. I actually, in January, I made my list because most local farmers will say, okay, we're putting in our orders. What do you got? Yeah. So talking to your local farmer or local feed mill or local chicken supplier, chick supplier, mm-hmm. whatever the case is for you, um, talking to them and asking them, hey, when do you need this by? Mm-hmm. Or at least having breeds in mind. So right now, if you're listening to this and you're like, oh, crap, am I behind? You sit down and you with a pen and paper and make a list. Google. Google what are the best breeds for if you want Pretty eggs, or if you would just want the production eggs, or if you want really hearty birds, you make the list on just say five. Five mm-hmm. birds. Now I got 15 going on, and I did a bunch of different ones. So I was like, well, oh, that i pretty. I How can I say no? That one's too cute. Okay, I'm taking all. Give me one of each. Okay. Yes. <laughs> I almost did. So I uh I would suggest making that breed list. Now, if you have your breed list and you are already Got your breed list to your local supplier. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Great. Now what you need to be doing is thinking about your setup. Go and check your inventory. Do you have this, 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 and this? Mm-hmm. Now, the reason for that is we want to not stress out. We not we don't want to be stressed. We don't want to procrastinate to the point where we're like, crap, the chicks are going to be here tomorrow and we don't have anything set up. Mm-hmm. Because the, ho- the homesteading shouldn't be stressful. It should be... Yeah. Simple living, easy going, mm-hmm. stress free. Um, so, I like to, like I said, make the list, make sure I have everything, check them off. Cause you know how good you feel when you just check something yes. off, or you yes. put a strike through it. I'm like, yes. Sometimes yes. I'll write something down that I already did. Oh my gosh. I just that. to strike it off. <laughs> <But>
1: <laughs> you I have to give myself credit good. for this. Cause I, yes. That. Yes. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. Awesome. Well, that's great. And, um, yeah. Cause we definitely jumped right in. It would have been less, less stressful if I planned it, but then again, you know, you get, you get it done. So I, but I agree. We, it's still early enough that you can make some plans now and, and relieve some of your, your stress come April or whenever you get those chicks.
2: Well, even if you're not doing chicks, like I said, if you're like, well, you know what? I'm just not doing chicks still make that list of the breeds yeah. you want. Contact mm-hmm. a few farmers contact a few people. I know, I know people in chicken groups and stuff on social media, contact the people that you trust and set up like, okay, I want this, this, and this, would you have this available? What would you have available? So then when the time comes, come April, May, June, July, any month you can get them any month you're ready. So if you're like, you know what, I'm just not Mm -hmm. ready yet. I have to build the coop yet. I have to do this yet. Mm-hmm. have to get some sort of plan going on. You have time. You yeah. have time and just do it. Even if it's like, well, I still can't get chicks for next year. Well, I'm going to build the coop anyways. Now yeah. that's a huge thing off of your to-do yeah. list.
1: Definitely. For sure.
2: Great tips. Thank you. Um, so one of the
1: reasons that I love your Instagram, like I said before, is that you cover like a wide range of homesteading. Um, and you always provide really great information and inspiration on being self-sufficient. But what would you say is one skill that you've mastered and could teach about all day, other than chickens, since we've talked all about that. Okay. Well, unless you want to say chickens, that's fine. <laughs> no,
2: besides chickens and gardening, both in which I could talk for hours yeah. on I would say simple living and making your own products, household and skincare. Yeah. That is something that I have been doing for five years now. I have actually used to have an online, um, store and Mm -hmm. sold, um, all my own skincare products to people, moisturizers, hand soaps, all this stuff. Um, and I loved it, but then it got way too big. And I was like, Oh my gosh, I'm homeschooling my kids and I'm trying to make all this stuff. This is not going to go well. Right. So I, then I just took a step back and did it just for my family. Um, and I'm starting to get back into it. I actually just released, uh, a hundred or hundred percent grass-fed, um, beef tallow moisturizer for your face mm. and body. And I kind of tested the waters on social media. I'm like, How, would you guys be interested in this? And yeah. well, I've sold like 40 of them. So Wow. That's great. So Now it's on my Etsy shop for good because I like making it mm. and I love it, it just, it all worked out for me in this time. Yeah. Um, so I would definitely say household and skincare products. It's a lot easier than you think. Yeah. So Thank much you. easier than you think. Um, and they're so much better for you. I mean, if you if you're a homesteader, I'm sure you've kind of deep dived your rabbit hole, some sort of chemicals right. in, in foods and, and products. Oh, yeah. So you already know when you can pronounce all four of the ingredients <laughs> in your 40. moisturizer. <laughs> yeah. You already know. Um yeah. So yeah, and it's it's so simple, and I love I love the fact that I am also learning right beside everybody else. I do not know everything. I I make my own laundry detergent, and it's it's not the liquid kind; it's it's the powder kind. And I'll have people ask me, and I'm like, you know what? I don't know. Let's let's do this together. Right. Let let me let me do my research, and I'll get back to you. Right. Because that is what it is. We're all learning from each other. That's what I love about social media. Like. I don't like a lot of things, but that is something yeah. I love is the community and learning from everybody. It's, it's right. just amazing what everybody knows. And even, even just the little things, the yeah. tiny little things that, that make up such a big part.
1: Mm-hmm. There really is over on Instagram, a really good homesteading, simple living, homemaking um, community over there for sure. Do you have, and here's a really important question. Do you have a good recipe for, you don't have to tell me the recipe, but, or could you direct me if you have it or if you sell it or if you make it, or if you have a recipe available for shampoo, because I have not found, it's very difficult (laughs) that I found shampoo.
2: So that has been one of the harder things. I have been on a journey of figuring it out because, um, I naturally have dirty blonde hair, so I have treated dark hair. So I have been thinking about people that do diet. I don't want to give them this recipe. Mm -hmm. I mean, it ruins their like dyed hair or something. I'm like, okay, I don't want to do that. Um, So I have been in a deep dive on this Mm -hmm. for a while now. Um, Right now, what I do is I buy from the zero waste store it's mm-hmm. a huge, huge company on um uh, instagram and yeah. online websites and all that um and i buy their shampoo bars okay um for now so i would love to make my own i just have to i work in I progress was, i was yeah. like okay well shampoo bars well can i get simpler than that like why yeah. do i have to do that <laughs> i mean there i used to do um no shampoo i would i would just rinse it with water and then eventually your oils will get in check and you don't have to use shampoo. So yeah. I'm like, okay, well, what, what way do I want to go about this? Do I want to make my own shampoo bars or do I want to simplify it even more? Should right. I just use apple cider vinegar or should I just rinse it? No. So I'm, I'm in You're the still work working on it. it. Got it. Working on it. But I definitely will be sharing my, my thoughts and process soon enough. Yeah. Well,
1: that'll be definitely valuable information once you, uh, once you figure that out.
2: <laughs> yeah. A lot of people have asked me about that. Yeah. And it's, there's so many, I mean, Pinterest is also an amazing resource. There's yeah. so many on there on Pinterest. I mean, a lot of people will just use what they pretty much what you use in liquid hand soap. So right. pretty much the castile oil or yeah. soap base liquid mm-hmm. and then essential oil. And you're like, okay, I'm good because right. people like the lather. Yes. The bubbles. Yeah. Yeah. Right. But it's really just bubbles. Like, <laughs> true. Very it's true. Nothing. you know, it's like a mindset <laughs> thing. So I have, I have seen a lot of different ways and I'm figuring it out.
1: Okay. Well, keep us, uh, keep us in tune. I will. Uh, so other than that, what other homesteading skills are you learning right now?
2: So I have been on a huge composting kick mm. and this is another thing. And this is why I'm stressing so much that don't stress yourself. <laughs> don't, don't put something on you so much where it's hard i have been on a uh, composting kick for two years now yeah I don't have a yet I don't because know i'm that. just like okay well i have this taking my mind away from this and it's a huge thing it's like it is it's so important a and lot. it's so
1: beneficial yeah
2: but it's and there's a lot that goes into it mm-hmm. turning it this amount of this with this amount of yeah. this and airflow and is it in the sun or the shade where should you place it How do you make, you know, there's like so much that goes into it.
1: You end up Um, just throwing, find out like I'm doing this compost, I'm throwing stuff in a pile. And then you're like, oh yeah, yeah. that pile
2: over there is (laughs) now it's rotting and it smells like ammonia. Yeah. Yeah. So I am definitely, that is my number one on my list for my homestead this year is composting Mm -hmm. because I have a huge garden area yeah, do you? and I, I mean, it's so much in soil. It's yeah. so much money in soil. And I'm like, well, why the heck would I do that Right. when I can compost? Now, yeah. the only other thing I was thinking about compost is I give so much. We don't really, we're not big food wasters here. Yeah. Um, and then the scraps that I do, I give to my birds.
1: That's kind of where I'm at too. It's like, yeah. I wouldn't really have too much to give to the compost. So, Right.
2: Yeah, So I have um, seen and I actually did it last year. Um, There was this company, so it would be worth checking in your area for Mm -hmm. sure. There was a company that would bring you a bucket and you fill it up. It's a chicken compost bin. Uh You fill it up and one every week they would come pick it up and then they would give you the soil in return. Interesting. And then you would put the soil in a big bin or whatever. Uh Use that. Right. Um, I found that really cool but again it's like cost and and what's right yeah you want to do it or do you want to pay somebody to do it or if if you're paying for this you can actually buy the soil Mm -hmm. from the store and stuff like that so just something to look into yeah
1: well that's really good I'd like to get the on the compost too because it almost it gets it's almost the point with the
2: garden is is as big as it is that seems silly not to have seems exactly like not have one it, it is essential for sure and for some reason it's just I think because so much goes into it it's one of those things that people will put off and put off and that yeah. would be me I'm that yep. person <laughs> I'm I'm in the same bit with you so. <laughs> I have it's so funny because um last year I had um I was like to my husband I'm like Tony you gotta grab some um pallets Grab mm-hmm. a couple pallets. I'm going to, I'm putting them up over by my garden for my freaking compost pile. So I got them. I set them over there yeah. and they're all sitting nice and then nothing.
1: Right. That <laughs> is so still funny. over there. Cause I still have, I did the same exact thing. I found three pallets <laughs> on Facebook marketplace, went and got them and they're sitting in my yeah. garden. My husband, who's like a builder. It's like, pallets are junk. Just throw them in. A, it's like, no, no, no. You have to use pallets, okay? This, yeah, is yeah. use this
2: is what's on Pinterest, people. Yes, exactly.
1: <laughs> so, it's, yeah. Well, good luck with your compost. Hopefully it <sighs> will happen yeah. this year. I hope as well
2: for myself. I know, right? Yeah. Know. Like, when do we start <laughs> this even? I should probably make my list. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I just wrote it on my list. All right.
1: Well, we covered a lot today. Chickens, shampoo, compost. I don't know. We covered it all. So it was a really great conversation. So can you tell me where um, my audience can find you?
2: Yeah, um, mostly on Instagram at Mother Hens Homestead. Mm -hmm. I share everything over there. I am an open book over there. I engage with all my followers. If you message me, I will message you back. Yeah. Um, I love, like I said, learning alongside you. So when people ask me questions, we can figure it out together. Um, so that's pretty much where I'm at and everything um, if you're interested in learning how to make your own products or wanting to even buy some all of that is in the link in my bio
1: okay I'll <laughs> link to everything your Etsy shop and your Instagram and all that, that good stuff. awesome all right well thank you so much for joining me
2: Thanks for having me. I Like I said, I love talking about this, so I appreciate being able to get some off my chest here.
1: Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, thanks so much.
0: Thank you for listening to this episode of the Simple Living Made Simple podcast. I have a brand new guide out that is just perfect for this time of year. The Ultimate Fruit and Vegetable Seasonal Guide is now available and you can grab it for free at www.savemyveggies.com. If you are like me, you have thrown away produce that you just never got a chance to use. I used to do this all the time. Especially this time of year, as my harvest starts coming in, it can be difficult to properly store everything and make sure I either preserve it in time or use it up. That's why I created this guide. This guide has everything you need to stop wasting fruits and vegetables that you either grow yourself or purchase at the store. Learn how to properly store 25 plus fruits and vegetables to help them stay fresher longer. This guide also includes a month-by-month seasonal timeline so you know when to stock up on inexpensive and high-quality fruits and vegetables to save you time and money. Again, you can grab that free guide at www.savemyveggies.com. As always, if you have any questions, want gardening advice, or have a topic suggestion for the podcast, please email me at info at